If you're out there on the roads, uh, we're thinking about you. And also, please be safe. Um, okay, we got an update to a story from earlier, which is that Zach Wilson has been benched uh, as the quarterback for the New York Jets, Perloff. He's been replaced by Mike White. Mm-hmm. And now Zach Wilson has spoken. So let's play a little bit of sound from Zach Wilson. Can we uh, listen to his reaction uh, to his poor post-game press conference after Sunday's loss to the Pats? Yeah, tough, man. And uh, you know what? It's, it's deserved. You know, the way that I handled the situation uh, wasn't right. You know, I got to be a better football player, and then I got to be a better leader for these guys. And you know what, I have an opportunity to turn the page here as a, as a player and, and as a leader and, and to be able to take a step forward and, and uh, be able to be here 100% for my guys. Couldn't have put him at the podium for that one? <laughs> no? Had to do it in the scrum in the locker room? All right, sure, it's not but a you know, story. You're not going to put him at the podium after he got <laughs> Yeah, I guess not, right? Logistically, I don't think that would work. But that sounds so uh, pre-scripted. Or, sort of, and I understand that that's sort of what people want to hear anyway, but... Does that make any difference? In fact, you know, now that I hear that, does it, does it matter what he says at the podium? Isn't almost close to 100% of what matters is how he plays? If he was doing good and said something stupid at the podium, nobody would care. Not close to 100%. 100%. Mm. The what he says at the podium is for the fans, for the media. Like, that's for us. Because we've seen before, Perloff, what we think a locker room thinks about a guy might not be exactly uh, what a locker room thinks about that a guy. That is so, so true. You know, it's all about wins and losses, and that's why I disagree with the Jets benching him this weekend because you're a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chicago Bears. This is a winnable game. This is a yeah. way that you get the heat off of Zach Wilson and you don't completely give up on him. Now it's awkward. When does he come back? What what happens now? Like, what okay. if Mike White plays well? The guy's shown he's a competent quarterback. But I'll ask you. Yeah. True serum. You're yes. you're the coach of the Jets. Who gives you a better chance to win on Sunday, Mike White or Zach Wilson? To be honest, Mike White has given you a better chance this whole season. I, I he's know, the Taylor exactly. Heine, it's a Taylor Heineke situation going now, on there. Now you're six and four, and you face a bear, a vulnerable Bears team with an injured quarterback who may or may not play in Justin Fields. There's no more time to mess around. If you think Mike White gives you a better chance, forget the future. The future is now, Maggie. Yeah, but this front office has to wear it, too, if they mess this up. We talked to Ryan Leaf earlier in the show, right? And Ryan gave great perspective on this. Said, my situation was nothing like Zach Wilson. Said that. But he also said a couple interesting things. One is that there really is no question that you could ask or... You know, some guys have very obvious red flags, mm. right? He said that until you get into that situation, you're really never going to know if a guy's going to pan out. Right, you never know how someone's going to react to adversity or react to losing. And that's what got Ryan. The second things went wrong, he'd never been in that situation. Right. But you say the front office has to wear You know what they'd have to wear? Losing this game on Sunday with Zach Wilson. I think the front office, if they make the playoffs, Maggie, yeah. it's going to get a total pass, okay. a series of passes. See, but that's where history kind of comes into this a little bit, too. And, yeah. like, we can look at it on surface. It's like, all right, is benching the number two overall pick from two years ago, is that the right move or the wrong move? Everyone can kind of get into that. And you would have an opinion one way or the other. Yeah. The other thing, though, is about the history of the Jets. If Mike White, if you th- if you think the front office and the coaching staff is doing this because Mike White honestly gives you the best chance to win, then why did Joe Flacco start the first three games of the season? Mike White should have started those games too. And that's where this never made sense. It was like you're talking about one thing, one minute, another thing, another, and it's why the fan base probably wants to pull their hair out because this team has been so inconsistent on their messaging on who they actually want to play quarterback. 
Well, you're saying because it was clear that Mike White was better than Joe. But Joe Flacco. Definitely. Joe Flacco put up monster numbers in those three games. Didn't he throw the ball like 60 times one game? <laughs> well, that's not by Joe design. Flacco, you do not want Joe Flacco throwing the ball 60 times. That's, I mean, that's in nobody's game I think game Joe play. Flacco has almost as many yards on the season as Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson played twice as many games. Okay, well, I mean, Mike Joe White Flacco, is still. But Mike White is the starter now and Joe Flacco is the backup. Yeah, because I what think the, the last game that Joe Flacco played, what was but Mike, you might know. I, I think it was, was it the Ravens game? He had a bad game. But regardless, my point about uh, the history of the Jets, what is Joe Douglas, the GM who came there in 2019, he does not care about the history of the Jets. No, no, no. I'm just saying yeah. the recent history oh, about recent. Joe Flacco. Like, oh, that, why did he start? If you, <laughs> like, I'm saying anyone can comment on today's news. Well, I mean, but listen. you also have to put it in the context. Like, the fans wanted Mike White for a long time, going back to last year when he beat the Bengals. I think... I think Mike White, Joe Flacco, that's a debate. I don't think they're that disparate. It's just inconsistent. Right, right. You know? Well, right. But they, they saw what happened with Flacco. They probably, the coach has probably been wanting to go to Mike White since halfway through Joe Flacco's <laughs> first game. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think either. I don't know. Ask a Jets fan over there. Well, if Which quarterback would you start? Uh, Mike White in a heartbeat because maybe Flacco gives you a better chance. He was good. At least you give Mike White a chance because he showed so many flashes before he got hurt. If he's not great, then you can just throw Flacco in. And that's or Zach, the, right? Well, Zach's deactivated for this right, game. Right. So oh, I meant down be the, the road. Yeah. But, I mean, listen, if Mike White struggles, then maybe you give Flacco a shot. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson said all the right things today. But to your point, Pearlhoff, in three games, Flacco had 900 yards and five touchdown passes. In seven starts, Zach Wilson has 1,200 yards and four touchdown passes. Yeah. Flacco in half the in more than half the amount of games has almost as many yards and more touchdown passes. It's unfathomable how bad Zach Wilson has been. So Mike White can't be terrible. The defense is going to make it easier for you know the Bears defense will make it easier for Mike White to be good. If he sucks, then throw Flacco in and then give Flacco another start and see. But Flacco was terrible against the Bengals. That was the game you were talking about. Yeah, no touchdowns, two picks. He wasn't great against the Ravens. They lost twenty four nine. He stats don't look terrible. Fifty nine passes, but. Um, he wasn't very good. He just, you know, they threw the ball a lot late in the game. Oh, by the way, I thought maybe Mike White, younger guy, got some legs. Zach Wilson's been a little hesitant to run downfield. Mike White last year in four games ran for minus one yard. Yeah, no, he's not a runner. This well, guy, how could that dude have me right? He's, he's 27 years old. Get out there. You're from Western Kentucky. You're 27 years old. You run the ball in this no, NFL. He's like Mac Jones. Like the, these guys just aren't running. They're just the pro style guys. I feel like Mike White has some sneaky athleticism. I guess I was completely wrong. I think wrong. you're thinking of a different Mike White. Mike White has some quarterback skill. I don't know about the athleticism part. I just thought he was young and from a small school. <laughs> no. I mean, put two and two together. <laughs> no. I mean, to make it in the NFL, if you're out of Western Kentucky, you run that football. You put your body on the line. I guess Mike White hasn't had to. Yeah, I think, honestly, look at what you like my Lamar Jackson theory with the Jets. What if they brought in a mobile quarterback who'd get you extra first downs and you're like the Ravens? You win with tough defense. And you win by moving the chains, not explosive offensively. I think that could be a really good team. Well, I mean, the Jets were already winning with just a, an explosive run game until yeah. Brees Hall got hurt. I'm I don't not- know if you needed an, an uh, uh, explosive running back. However, you did just mention Lamar Jackson. He is a great runner. We know that he's excellent uh, quarterback. He did not practice yeah. today because of a hip injury. Yeah, but he's playing. I imagine he's going to play. Yeah, this uh, they play Jacksonville, right? 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Lamar Jackson is, by the way, this year is this big contract year. He's played fine. He's earned the money. Yeah. This is not going like a dream season, but they have such an easy schedule. They're going to win a ton of games. Yeah, this is not like the Aaron Judge equivalent, you know? <laughs> Judge no, but... bet on himself and, like, you know, broke the American League record for home runs in a season is now meeting with the San Francisco Giants. It's not going like that. Yeah, but you look at their schedule, they might end up with 13 or 14 wins in the number two seed in the AFC. Yep. Uh, but we don't have we have no idea if they're ready for the postseason. It's the same thing. It's Lamar, funny. I think they're going to be a playoff team for sure. No clue if they're going to win the division because the Bengals are right there too. Uh, you look at their schedule. The Ravens do not. They it's just it's like a perfect storm. Everything clears away for them, and their defense is so good. Their defense now early in the season they struggled against Miami. Yeah. They're in about a five-week heater on defense, especially yeah. since Tyus Bowser came out. No, the so, Roquan Smith trade. Oh, and Roquan, yeah. It's okay. been everything How for did them. they get Roquan Smith? My Eagles could have used Roquan Smith. <laughs> Instead, we had to pull have. a bunch of fat guys off the street. <laughs> Give us Roquan Smith. I bet a bunch of teams are wondering, hey, you know what? We should. Buffalo. I'm sorry. Matt Milano's amazing. But wouldn't you like to have Roquan Smith for some durability? Absolutely. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds missed the game last week. Yes, definitely. I Yes, I think I love that you called them. What'd you say? The fat guys? They're combining for sacks against the Colts last they're week. You needed those dudes. They're combining for 1,400 pounds. No. <laughs> well, no, no. And not because I love you if you're listening. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I don't he's going to come I'm and joking. take it out on you. Yeah. He uh, can snap you in two. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> with his left hand, with just a brush, he could break every limb in my body. You know what? Speaking of, so we know those guys obviously are going to eat well on Thanksgiving. Can we hear the Tom Brady sound? Because. Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast, you know, Tom's got his crazy strict diet, Pearl Off. And, oh, yeah, avocado know, ice cream and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, doesn't eat anything. Here's him on the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray talking about how he's going to let himself go this Thanksgiving. I've had a pretty strict diet over the years, but one that's one that's one thing loosens up around Thanksgiving. I get to eat kind of, you know, I get to go for it, especially during the season. But, you know, it, it's interesting. I've had a lot of humble pie this year. So I <laughs> might have to indulge in a little, you know, Pumpkin pie and, and some uh, some whipped cream. So I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a good Thanksgiving. Dad joke. Yeah. He has had a lot of humble pie, though. That's a pretty, it's, an, it's, an, it's a dad joke, but it's pretty apropos. Um, I don't believe him for a second. You don't think he's going to have one little slice of pumpkin pie? If he does, I bet he doesn't eat the crust. And in that case, like, what do you even And I bet she said to yourself, well, pumpkin's somewhat organic. You know, <laughs> is it a, a nightshade it's vegetable? It's an animal. I, no I mean, it's a plant of some form. What is it? What do you call that? Squash? Anyway. Yeah. Grows on the ground vegetable yeah what's what's your dessert go-to on thanksgiving your dream thanksgiving dessert oh if we're talking about me now wait do you believe that tom brady's actually gonna let himself go that's a no, no. face lie i immediately took that story and went into what am i gonna eat on thursday <laughs> my, i'm sorry my brain just took over uh because i i also eat pretty healthy and i will indulge in some pumpkin pie uh obviously all the staples i wouldn't mind a little apple crumble you know what that is like an apple pie huge apple crumble person yeah. So, I eat that regularly. I think if Tom's, I don't know if he's going to do it, Maggie, but we can use this as a springboard for us to eat unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom Tom Brady's eating some white meat turkey, right? Well, he, yeah, I mean that's no something, gravy, no skin. He normally would not eat turkey. I don't think that's it's really? got all. Yeah, I think you know Turkey's it doesn't help his pliability. Uh, really. He doesn't okay. like any animals that have been over past, you know, like turkey's not a real health food for him, I don't think. Have you ever read his book, TB12 Method? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm familiar with it, it's, but I haven't read it. I haven't read I, it either. I, I don't know why I said it like that. Sour Patch Kids in the break. <laughs> you think I'm reading, eating like TB12? Wait, Sour Patch Kids are not part of the TB12 <laughs> Method? But Tom Brady hasn't had a Sour Patch Kids since like a year that started with 19. 
So, um, so if the TB12 message is Brady's, then like Marshawn Lynch and the Skittles, what would that be? Yeah, like? I feel like we're closer to that range. Definitely. Um, yeah, Brady's plate is maybe a slice of turkey. That's his cheat. No skin, no gravy. Probably not doing the mashed potatoes. You know, a lot of butter in there. Unsugared cranberries. Oh, gosh. Oh, that, that just hurts me. Unsugared cranberries. You sauce. know, like Oof. the one person who actually has like a salad. Like the side salad is just really there for a decoration. Tell you one thing that won't be at that table: uh, Brazilian food. Oh boy! What? I'm sorry. It's a fact. <laughs> He's separated from his wife. <laughs> he just said he had to eat the humble pie. Now you have to make a divorce joke. <laughs> Tom Brady can't have a piece of pie in peace. It's just a fact. It's true. I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Brandon Staley is getting roasted uh, on online right now. He said he's not a big turkey guy, but his favorite Thanksgiving dish is breaded cauliflower and green bean casserole. You know what? Don't hate on the green bean casserole. Yeah, green bean that casserole. thing is awesome. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but like, dude, Brandon Staley, you're already on thin ice. Like, you are now <laughs> just, I mean, the people in San Diego, or, or I guess Los Angeles, are about to riot now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the people in Los Angeles are like, yes, us too. Oh, cauliflower? Yes, that's like a food group out there. By the way, in LA, they're like, turkey? No way. It's all about the bread and cauliflower. Good thing for you, Mike. People in LA don't know the Chargers are there either. So it doesn't matter. You're going to pass. You're fine on that. 855 212 4 CBS. 855 212 4227. See you guys on the phones. Promise we will get to you. Want to hear how you think your favorite team can get to the college football playoff? We've had some very unique uh, suggestions today. On how Oregon can get there, Clemson, how they can get there. Uh, For some of these long shots, it might be a little bit hard. Uh, Plus, coming up, are the Cowboys the team to beat in the NFC? Our man in Dallas, Matt Mosley, host of the Doomsday Podcast with him and Ed Werder, is going to join us as well. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. Maggie is housing Sour Patch Kids to get ready for Thanksgiving. It's I got to lay the base, you know? I got to... I gotta lay a Sour Patch Kids base yeah. before I get into the real meal. So our upcoming Target. guest is an expert eater, much like myself. Oh, nice! He's got a lot going on. Of course, he's the host of the Doomsday Podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Has his own show on ESPN Central Texas. Now we could talk a lot of Cowboys topics, but when I have Matt Mosley, the first thing I think about is Baylor football. So let me hear the strategy from last Saturday, Matt. What happened to your Bears? Just break it down for me. Well, guys, you guys are breaking up. I can't really hear you right now. I know. Uh, Take a little longer to get off the field, Matt. It's been been a while. And to start with that, I was was in attendance, and that was was a rough ending. And it was uh, TCU – I know most of the country doesn't realize it, but Baylor and the Frogs are arch rivals. Yeah. And that was like the 119th meeting. Um, so this thing is, they've been at it for a while. And so that was a really tough ending. And the Bears were ready to ruin the Frog season. Mm. And, I, and there were some people saying, well, wasn't this better for the Big 12 that. TCU won, and of course, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't, that yes. doesn't really matter to me uh, as far as like who gets the most money or what conference gets to go to the the CFP. But uh, but the Frogs found a way, and they have all season. And the Bears dropped one, and uh, now they'll have to bounce back. Black Friday, the Horns and the Bears getting it on in Austin. 
and that'll be a big one. And I know you guys will have probably been spending a lot of time on that one. Matt, so you've led watched- our show. Zach yeah. Wilson moved to the side. We got a we got a <laughs> Horns Bears game. We got a breakdown. So wait, Matt, you've watched TCU closely this year. If they get a if they lose the Big Twelve title game, just hypothetically, and there are a bunch of one loss teams there, do you think they've played a strong enough strength of competition that they deserve to get in to the Final Four? Well, I, I can just tell you from experience, uh, because this happened to Baylor and TCU in 2014, there's no way they'll get in. I mean, we can argue whether or not they've played a strong enough schedule. And, and quite honestly, the Big 12 is a lot deeper than it normally is because even Kansas is pretty good. And a team that's usually good, Iowa State, not good. But it's, it is pretty deep. So this thought that... You know, I, I think a lot of national folks go, oh, Big 12's horrible, or Big 12's not deep enough and all. It actually is pretty competitive this year. So I, I think certainly if you had their resume and you were in the Big 10 or SEC, you would absolutely be in there. But because of the reputation of the Big 12, right or wrong, uh, there is zero chance of them getting in with one loss. Like it just, I mean, I'm just saying that's the way this committee is geared. And if LSU was able to win out, they're going to get in. Um, you know, any scenario you play out, if USC wins out, uh, the Trojans are going to get in. They're, they're looking for any reason to get TCU out of that top four. So, no, there is no chance they lose the Big 12 title game and then remain in the top four because, quite honestly, they just don't the committee does not have that level of respect for the Big 12. I think it's a tragedy. I really do, Matt. Matt Mosley is joining us as a co-host of the Doomsday Podcast. Him and Ed Werner talk about the Cowboys, uh, also on ESPN Radio in Central Texas. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys for a minute, Matt, because, you know, last year was an excellent year for the Cowboys. They're having another great season as well. But does this season feel different than last? And if so, how, in terms of the Cowboys being a true contender? You know, it really does. Um, and again, they may end up having to play the 49ers again and yep. they couldn't get past them. Uh, I do think the defense is more, last year it was about like an unbelievable amount of takeaways. There's a little more substance to it than just a huge amount of takeaways. And I do think they've sort of found an identity in the offense. Last year, you know, like, you still go kind of like, well, Dak's the star quarterback. I mean, don't we need more out of him? And at least now they seem to have found the recipe, especially that last game against uh, against the Vikings. You know, it's let him throw the ball like 25 times and, and, and then run the ball like crazy. And when they have Zeke and Pollard both working, what they finally realized is Pollard is your home run back, and they have finally gotten past – you know, this mentality of we pay Zeke all this money, he has to be our lead dog. They understand that Pollard is the most effective back. And Zeke's sort of okay with that, and everybody's okay with that. And and that's a big change from last year. They still hadn't embraced that. But um, Pollard's become arguably the best weapon on this offense. I don't even know if there's an argument for it right now. I mean, you might have gone into the season saying maybe C.D. Lamb, you know, maybe Dak as the quarterback, but now, um, you know, Pollard. And, and because of that, you know, he's driving up his money in free agency. 
and this guy's going to get huge. You know, we don't think of free agents. We don't think of, like, running backs hmm. getting enormous money or anything like that. But I think Pollard has uh, – he may be the exception. And the team that will end up paying him the most might be the team that he's on, which will be awkward because they'll probably have to move on from uh, from Zeke, who has been the highest-paid running back in the NFL uh, for the last couple of seasons. Well, I'll tell you, as an Eagles fan, Matt – the one thing I want to do is get that ball out of Tony Pollard's hand, and I wouldn't mind, this is going to sound weird, I wouldn't mind if Odell Beckham Jr. was in Dallas begging for the ball. Explain to me how the Cowboys can win to 40-3 40, 40 to three over the second-best team in the NFC, and that's when you say, oh, we need to bring in another offensive weapon. I think it's a little counterintuitive because it didn't strike me as they needed another offensive weapon after last Sunday. Well, I mean... It is it is a little strange, and I, I, but this didn't happen just this last Sunday. I mean, like they've been beating this Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, drum for about three or four weeks now, and I've never seen a team uh, openly pine away. You know, usually you're like, man, this is going to be a little offensive to our current wide receivers <laughs> if we're just constantly talking about bringing OBJ in, and yet they don't care. Even the quarterback is like, let's get him. <laughs> you know, let's bring them in, and so yeah. they they put some pressure on themselves because now they look. If they hadn't have gone so crazy about him, it wouldn't be as embarrassing if he ended up somewhere else. Now it's going to be kind of embarrassing to the team if they don't land him. And I, I just there's some thought that while C.D. Lamb is is really good, that that you know they they need another playmaker. And that Odell Beckham Jr. would, and I don't even know how long it would take him to get ramped up. I don't think you sign him and he plays the next week. I literally think it's it's more about just having him available for the playoffs. So it's a strange thing that we're spending this much time talking about a guy who's really not going to play a big role in like putting you in your playoff spot or putting you in your position. For the Cowboys, it's all about, I mean, overcoming – the embarrassment of what happened with the 49ers coming in last season and, and not being able to pull that off. And Jerry truly feels like he's got a Super Bowl contender on his hand. I usually would sort of laugh at that, except for there's no clear-cut monster in the NFC. I mean, we could, I guess we could just, on record, you could say the Eagles. The Eagles look really shaky this past Sunday. They've shown, they've shown some signs of slippage um, over the over the last few weeks. I, I I mean, I just feel like while their record is great, they don't strike me. I mean, sorry, Andrew, but they don't strike me as like uh, just world beaters. Like this, this is not like think about how we view the NFC right now. We'll see, hmm. we'll see a team like the Forty ers and and all of a sudden we're like, well, maybe that's the best team in the NFC. Like the Cowboys the other day, after winning 43, people are like, well, are, are you sure they're not the best team? So it leads me to believe that there's not a great team. Like there's a, there's a, there's several pretty good teams. But I think that's why Jerry wants to do this Odell Beckham Jr. Because he thinks maybe, maybe this could – he thinks they're good enough in a weakened NFC where like one extra player could help put them over the top. And don't forget that they may be getting Tyron Smith back in a couple of weeks. And so they can move their star rookie uh, left tackle to left guard 
put Tyron Smith back in and 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 really look pretty strong on the O line. Well, as an Eagles fan, I'm choosing to forget that. All right, walk <laughs> us walk us through a Mosley family Thanksgiving. What is the signature signature dish down in Texas? Well, I mean, pretty traditional. Uh, in Texas, we really believe in a lot of casseroles. Mm-hmm. We have several casseroles on. Love a good green green bean casserole. Yeah, with you. Sounds healthy until you see like sort of <laughs> seven things are involved in it with the cheeses and the different things. Corn casseroles, big player. Um, oh. And the turkey dressing, you know, everybody has their different way of doing that. But, I mean, we, you know, everything is is bigger here. And, <laughs> and that is that that is uh, the case with thanksgiving and so there's you know you'll you i think traditionally a lot of places across the country will kind of have four to five items that you feel pretty good about and here if you don't have about 17 different options <laughs> you're, yeah, you're doing like it wrong thanksgiving got away from it a little bit <laughs> i assume cal shall be there 11 30 yeah. a.m as every year tradition unlike none other right <laughs> I don't know what he'll be what he'll be doing, but um, he'll be uh, Kalashaw. I'm, I'm surprised you. Um, maybe he wasn't available today. No, no, no. We had Kalashaw on earlier. To, That's why we were, we actually were having Kalishaw you on in. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't. Tim will not. Tim will be at the game tomorrow, but he will not be at my Thanksgiving table. <laughs> Listen, Matt, we appreciate this so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the 17 side dishes uh, at your house, and we'll check in with you again soon about the Cowboys. Yeah, thanks, bud. Yeah, yeah, you bet. And Baylor men's basketball soon. All right. Oh, bye. and oh. women's basketball too, Matt. I know. We had, we had Scott Drew yes. in, the, in the studio a couple weeks ago, Matt. Ooh, ooh, that's big time. It was a big guess. Yeah, yeah, I know. I threw, I threw your name out. I hope that's okay. He loves him some Matt Mosley. <laughs> that's right. He's your number that's one fan. Good. You know that, by the way. But uh, <laughs> appreciate it, Matt. We'll talk soon. All right, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, you know what I, I find where, like, in this country, in terms of Thanksgiving, where the big divide is? Not like uh, animosity, but just like, do you have macaroni and cheese or do you not? What? Yeah. I find that, like, as I've been to other places in the country, in some places, macaroni and cheese is a staple. In other places, it's not. Like, in the Northeast, Mm. macaroni and cheese doesn't necessarily make it onto a lot of tables. But if you asked our friend Andy Staples, who lives in Florida, macaroni and cheese is a must. Really? I've done Dallas, Texas, and there was definitely no mac and cheese. I'm I'm not crazy about this. Mac and cheese versus no mac and cheese. A good baked mac and cheese can make it onto... It's not a necessity, but it definitely can make it onto the table. Yeah, but it's like, for us, personally, we're located in the Northeast. We don't generally... Although, Marco, you're looking at me. Are you a macaroni and cheese family? No, no, no. We're Italian. There's all kinds of stuff that doesn't belong (laughs) on Thanksgiving. Oh, is that like (laughs) wedding soup or something crazy like that? Uh, No, not soup, but there's the empty pot. By the time you get to the turkey, you're full. You don't even want to eat. <laughs> but that's, like that, all, that, that's, that's, that's like the, eating with Italians always. Well, that's what I mean. By yeah. the time you get to the main dish, that's an afterthought. You, you're, you're, you're done now. That's The turkey itself is a side dish. I got banned on Twitter once in my life, and that was because Zach Gelb said that he does not eat turkey on Thanksgiving, but instead they eat meatloaf. Mm. His whole family forgets about turkey, and they only eat meatloaf. And I said something mean to him, and then they banned me. I got, <laughs> I got unsuspended wow. eventually. Man. Imagine if that was Elon Musk now, he'd shoot you into space. You don't get banned now. You have to leave leave the solar system. That's that's the new rules with Twitter. You get banned, you go all the way to the moon. Yeah, nothing you can put ketchup on belongs on the Thanksgiving day table. No meatloaf. I I love meatloaf, but it does not belong on the Thanksgiving day table. Mm. 
Christmas does anything maybe. have ketchup? No, you're right. It's not a ketchup holiday. No. Definitely not. You can't have French fries at Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah. they'd be amazing, but you'd put gravy on them. Yeah, right. No, you're right. There. This is a ketchup-free meal. Yeah. You is put, gravy the only acceptable condiment? Cranberry sauce can be also used slightly as a condiment. You I guys agree. like yeah. to mix the yeah, yeah, I mix it all in there. Does I, stuffing count as a condiment? No, not really. No, it's a side dish. Sure, it's a side dish, but it's also like you can put it on things and around things and also things. let's just talk about it. Let's all be real. The stovetop is the best. It's so good. It's so good. And I know people slave away and Ooh. they have like twenty five items in this in the stuffing and it takes all day. Like why? It, you're killing yourself over nothing. The stovetop is the best. It's the crowd pleaser. It's, I, you can't improve I don't know. on I perfection. That's slightly hotter than you might think. I think some people might take issue with that. I, I, I would just normally, show it off. I would normally agree with you. Stovetop <laughs> is always the way to go. My mom like perfected this new recipe. So Nothing is more perfect than stovetop. It's, ge- it's genetically engineered to be perfect every time. It is the perfect texture also. And it takes five seconds. Seconds. It's, <laughs> it's so ready. You might as well do hamburger helper. I'm disappointed you guys <laughs> dude <laughs> what about cheeseburger helper? i think more people will agree with me on that by far throw up the poll samter maybe the cr- the cranberry sauce could be like uh in the can out of the can but the stovetop is a hundred percent the poll will be a hundred to zero i i'm i feel more confident about this than any sports take i've had all year long and i've had some really good ones throw it up there samter <laughs> 855-212-4cbs 855 212 4227 coming up. See you guys on the phones. I know I've said this. We will get to you. I promise. We also will make our week 12 NFL picks and our college football upset all comes your way in just a moment. Today's question comes from Dave in Kansas who wants to know what's our favorite Thanksgiving side dish. Don't forget you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting it at cbssportsradio using the hashtag askthepros. I've already told you that I like stovetop stuffing from the box because Mm. why mess with perfection? Um, I also am a big fan of something I'm attempting to make by myself for the first time ever. What's that? It's a sweet potato casserole that has marshmallows on the top. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I hope I don't mess it up. What about you? Yeah, my mom makes that. Yeah, it's so good. The kids are the... I I don't like adding marshmallow to other dishes. It's a weird thing. I don't (laughs) like marshmallows. Is that bizarre? I like them roasted on a stick. That's it. Uh, Mine is cranberry sauce in a can and the gelatin my, yes my yeah. second and we don't have it every year you know popover muffins pop uh, up, yes, pop, whatever do. they're called yeah they're amazing Flaky. they have a lot of air in them yep. uh they're incredible and i can down a bunch of those so those are and i'm all about the sides i'm big sides guy big turkey guy I like all of it. Big everything. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, let's get to Ed. He's in Georgia, wants to talk about the college football playoff Final Four. Ed, how are you? Well, hello. How are y'all doing? This is the first time caller Ed Chastain from Tallapoosa, Georgia. What's up, Ed? Want to wish y'all a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Same to you. Yes, ma'am. Uh, this is my humble opinion. I think that, uh, of course, my dogs, University of Georgia defending national champs, have to throw that in there. Sure. They'll be in there. They'll be a number one seed. I think the Ohio State Buckeyes get Michigan due to the running back, Michigan being hurt. So that's going to bounce Michigan with the soft out-of-conference schedule in which they play. Their argument's really mundane and, and yep. done. They're done just like Alabama. Uh, I think, coming crazy, the big upset of the, the – Weekend might be Iowa State. Over TCU. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And that's going to open the debate 
There's enough juice behind the University of Southern California plant, wrapping it up with three potential ranked opponents to sneak in there. And don't forget, don't forget about Clemson lingering back in the back. They've still got to play, although a weak North Carolina team, it is a conference championship. And, hey, final thought, how about the Jets putting together a package deal for Derek Carr? You know what, Ed? It was a solid call. Thanks for making it. Don't be a stranger. Happy Thanksgiving. Derek Carr, the big names. Are we sure the Raiders are going to move on from him? Like, that's the question. No, if they keep Josh McDaniels, which I think they might, weirdly. I think they are going to keep McDaniels. Yeah, then maybe they keep Carr. And also, Devontae Adams, like, what yep. What does that do? He just, you know, basically asked for a trade. You can't well, I mean, I think you'd pull have the to rug get, out on the quarterback. I right? think you'd have to get Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady to not take Carr. So. I know. It sounds like if that Tom Brady story is true, the one that Dana White told about Vegas, it sounds like he's kind of soured on them. Let's go to Dalton, who's in Topeka, Kansas. Hey, Dalton, what's up? Hey, I was just trying to touch up with you guys about what you guys were talking about earlier when you guys were talking about the AFC North. Sure. And that you guys think that the Ravens are the, the contender. Uh, oh, and Bengals. Bengals are Well, great. yeah. No, yeah. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm a diehard Bengals fan. Gotcha. So I'm... I am really hoping against hope that they can win this division this year because I'm not trusting the wild card. But I looked up the the, re- the rest of the season schedule for both teams, and I'm sorry. To me, it looks like the Ravens are going up against the Powerpuff Girls for the rest of the season, <laughs> and the Bengals are going up against Murderer's Row. Absolutely. You're so right. The, the Bengals' schedule, can I just tell? give the rest of the audience, Dalton, who might not be following as closely as you, Here's what they got. So they're at Tennessee this weekend, then Kansas City, Cleveland with Deshaun back, at Tampa, at New England, Buffalo, Baltimore. Woo. That is not going to be easy. Dalton, thank you for the call. Happy Thanksgiving. Baltimore plays basic. I mean, it's ridiculous. Baltimore plays nobody. They could run the table and not even have to play that well until week 18 against Cincinnati. Okay, so let's compare that to what... Uh, Baltimore has. They're at Jacksonville this week, then Denver at Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh again, Cincinnati. Well, Pittsburgh, though, will steal one of those games. Uh, believe it. Yeah, You know they have North. Uh, yeah, I do know about that. Uh, let's quickly get to Pete is in Pennsylvania. Pete, you got a problem with stovetop stuffing? Maggie, you can't do stovetop on Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. Pete, no way. It's you the perfect recipe. The homemade, you haven't had the homemade uh, dressing that uh, my wife makes. Well, I mean, listen, I'm sure your wife's is awesome, but Stovetop has been working on this recipe, Pete, for like 100 years. They've got it. Tell your wife to take the day off. Nope. <laughs> Everyone comes over to our house for Thanksgiving because of the stuffing, and that's the first thing that disappears. And it's <laughs> It's not really that complicated to make. I would argue that shopping for all this stuff mm-hmm. is a lot more complicated and making homemade pasta. I married a full-blooded Italian girl, but smart. You know, there's things that are far more complicated than making stuffing. stuffing. Well, it sounds like an invite, Peter. Yeah. We, are you having us over? <laughs> uh, this I got to try this hey. dressing. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Erie, Pennsylvania, <laughs> probably what a ten-hour drive. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? We're getting in the car right now, Pete. We'll see you in a couple hours. Thanks, Thank bud. you. <laughs> there is a poll up. It's 56% homemade to 44% stovetop. But I am seeing a lot of people saying, don't call it stuffing. It's called dressing, which is just what he said, which I've never heard dressing before instead of stuffing. But that's interesting. Yeah, that's another cold, like uh, geographic yeah. divide, right? Dressing to me is actually the gravy. Yeah. Not the stuffing, but everyone's got their own thing. Uh, okay, we've got to get to our Week 12 NFL picks. Uh, Samter, quickly update us. Maggie, you are 23 and 10 on the season, 15 and 3 over the last six weeks. Perloff wow. is 11 and 7 over the last six weeks, and he's 16 and 17 overall, but he's been pretty hot, so there's a chance he can catch up. All right, Perloff, you've been on a hot streak. Why don't you take us through? This is Maggie and Perloff style picks. We do one game against the spread, one over under, one player prop. Who do you have? Okay, I'm just going to rip through. I'm going to do all three right now. You want to do all three? Time. Okay. Yes. I'm going to do the Packers plus six and a half against my Eagles. Uh, interesting. I just think the Eagles are, I mean, Matt Mosley in the last segment said it. They do not look solid right now. Uh, just an update. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers did confirm yeah. today that he is playing with a broken thumb. Obvious. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think I might be beating you to this one. The Denver Carolina over-under is 36. They cannot make it low enough. I am... <laughs> happily taking the under in this one. Although, and Sam Darnold, I hate to say this, like, I'm a little scared of Sam Darnold in this one, believe it or not, but I've seen Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I'll go under there. Yep. And my prop is going to be Daniel Jones. I want to do one on Thanksgiving. Daniel Jones under 195.5 passing yards. I think those are wise. <laughs> I mean, if the Giants <laughs> that, fall that behind, be the, game plan. Yeah. the Giants fall behind, then Daniel Jones is going to try to pass, but who's he throwing to right now? And Micah Parsons, forget it. He's going to feast early on <laughs> Daniel Jones. Um, I Forget it. I'm about to make a bad joke. Please okay. go ahead before I get in trouble. All right. Well, I'll pick it up from there. Uh, so my against the spread, and uh, no disrespect to Dalton and Topeka, who just called us big-time Cincinnati Bengals fan. I'm going to take the Titans plus two. Yeah, I got Titans that Titans are too. home. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Titans, except for – Earlier in the season, like they've just found ways to stay in these games. So a home dog against Cincinnati, who is having some defensive issues. Offense still looks really good. Give me the Titans, though, plus the two. So that's my against the spread. In terms of an over-under, you know, I'm always looking for unders, Perloff. That's like what I go for. So I'm going to go with Thanksgiving game. Giants and Cowboys, I'm going to take the under 45 and a half because I think these are going to be some long, sustained drives. We know that's what the Giants, if the Giants have any prayer in this game, they have to run with Saquon Barkley. They got to take a lot of time off the clock. This is not going to be about explosive plays, at least for one side of the football. So they're going to try to slow it down. I think the Giants are going to try to lean on Pollard. I I think this is, could be, and it's not going to be a grinded out game. If the Giants have a prayer, it'll be a grinded out game. So give me the under 45 and a half. And then my player prop, I'm also going to stick with that game. The Tony Pollard over 67 and a half rushing yards. I mean, I feel as good about that as any player prop I think I've <laughs> ever done, considering twofold. As we talked to Matt Mosley, the Cowboys now realize that Tony Pollard is the superior running back on the team, even though Zeke gets paid more. And secondly, Perloff, the Giants, that's been one of their Achilles heels, has been allowing opponents to gain big yardage on them. And so give me the Pollard over 67 and a half rushing yards. No-brainer. Love it. I think, I think the Cowboys win easily. I still... I don't see the path. I think the Giants rest everybody because if you have a, and I know you disagreed with this, but I think the Giants have to make a late season push to stay in the playoff race. Yeah. You can, if a guy is 50, 50, what is the point of putting him out there in Dallas? 
You know, you gotta it, save them, rest them, get them hundred percent. Then let's go. And also, I think the Giants realize it's not the division they're after; it's a wild card. So yeah, totally. you know, To to sacrifice this game, I think uh, on yeah, the road. Why I, not? I totally understand. Short week. Dallas would have swept the season series against them. So, sure. and I know we're both in agreement. Short week. Minnesota going against Bill Belichick. This does not seem like a great situation for Kirk Cousins. So I did have Pats plus two and a half written down also. Yeah, yeah. The Kirk Cousins at night thing, like that's real, right? <laughs> he, well, Kirk Cousins in prime time. Does that apply to holidays? Yeah, I just think there's a, there's a lot of reasons this looks bad for Minnesota. But then again, I mean, they are, I think they're the better team. I just feel like that Buffalo win two weeks ago took out them the next two. There's way too much emotion spent. Then the blowout Dallas. I really like Belichick here. This portion of the show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use code MMP for Maggie and Perloff to get in on the action. We've literally used up every last yeah. second of the show. Uh, Mike Samter to Jack Stern, to Marlo Donahue, to Allison Cohen, everyone on the radio and TV side. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you Monday. We out. <laughs>